All right, we're live. Another episode of Monero Talk. Uh, we're live with Mohammed Fuda. Uh, he had recently published an. Oh wait, hold on. I'm getting a little feedback here. One second. Mm-hmm. There we go. All right. So yeah, he had uh, Mohammed. You recently published an article, is that correct? Uh, basically, kind of giving your quick analysis of the privacy coin space, um, talking about Mimblewimble uh, and the coins that have been launched from Mimblewimble, Grin, and Beam, and then obviously, I guess, comparing those to uh, the well-known players in the space, particularly Monero and Zcash. So I just thought it'd be nice to uh, talk to you. I know it took some time to get you on. The article's a little old, but the information is still certainly relevant. And mm-hmm. uh, just be nice to uh, kind of get your background and talk to you and I guess get into the particulars of the article. Um, okay. So if you want you want to give us a quick background, I know you have, a, you have a PhD in something. So in addition to being a guy on the internet that's writing articles about crypto, I think you actually have kind of a, a real profession. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, thank you, thanks, Douglas, for having me. Uh, so my name is Mohammed Fouda, as you mentioned. Uh, as you mentioned, also, I have a PhD in specific in electrical engineering. Um, my focus actually was around uh, the hardware design of uh, chips. So like I did a lot of work in uh, designing of digital chips using like FPGAs and ASICs. Of course, the Monero community knows ASICs pretty well. So uh, this is actually my job. I just I finished my PhD from Northwestern, and uh, you can tell I have been involved in the crypto space since 2015, uh, mainly from research point of view. Uh, like I was fascinated by this kind of Bitcoin technology. What is that? Spent six months just reading about Bitcoin and how it works. Uh, after that, uh, we I worked with a couple uh, other researchers to like do some investments, angel investments, and like uh, seed investment in the space. And our philosophy was pretty simple. We look into project and we see if this project makes sense from a technical point of view. And then if we convince it of the technology, we make investments. Uh, this company was called Z Capital, but now I am working with a different group of people, um, probably known uh, uh, in the space uh, called Token Daily. So now I'm uh, doing research on t- with Token Daily. Uh, our goal is to educate the space and give um, like uh, the audience of the crypto space like good content and to highlight the good projects in the space. Very cool. Yeah, uh, that's how we came across. I came across you through a Token Daily article uh, mm-hmm. that you had published, uh, the Mimble Wimble, the good and the bad. Uh, I think it was a few. It was about five months ago. I'm looking at it right now, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I was impressed. It was, you know, it was, it was. It was uh, you boiled it down. You kept it you, to its simplicity, and you got to the point. And uh, so that's why I thought it'd be nice to have you on, uh, kind of as a quick explanation of what Mimblewimble is um, and the coins that uh, have been uh, launched that are derived from it, and c- being able to, you know, uh, comparing those two. Monero and Zcash. Um, so, what else have you? Before we get into that, what else have you researched? How how did you kind of? What what was your first stint in the space? So you kind of said you kind of entered uh, from the standpoint of a researcher. What were you looking at? Just Bitcoin in particular? 
Uh, I mostly keep an open view of the space. Uh, I have published a lot of articles uh, about uh, different topics on Medium. So like uh, interested people can find my profile on Medium. It's uh, just FUDA. Uh, and now I'm still publishing content, but now on Talking Daily. Uh, we have now Talking Daily Research, which is just um, a website focused on publishing research content. Uh, so I will give a couple examples. Uh, one of my most like popular articles was around exchange tokens and why exchange tokens are uh, a nice move in the space because it's uh, it is a closer thing you can get to an equity in an exchange, but without being an, a real equity. So mm -hmm. like correlated to the exchange performance, uh, but it's you still can have the token without being an accredited investor or anything like that. Yeah, some of those are starting to do quite well right now, right? Yeah, actually, like since the start, like uh, if we, in specific, if we speak about Binance token, like they, they have been doing well since the beginning. And it's one of the very few tokens in the space that haven't been affected severely by the uh, bear market in 2018. Yeah, I do find that interesting. Uh, it's kind of, a, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a purist. Uh, I'm looking to invest in what I think will be the protocol, uh, one of the protocols that will, you know, be here uh, in the future as digital cash. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, there's certainly um, other things that, that are going to be part of the infrastructure um, so yeah, being able to essentially invest in, in an exchange, uh, is an interesting concept. Yeah. Do you have any, ha any more opinions on that as to why, uh, you think that's a success? Um, like, like I have, um, a couple of pieces around the space, like exchange tokens was one of my popular articles. Uh, but recently I have been looking more into like what kind of companies uh, or equity investment in the space will make, will make sense. So recently I have published a, a, a company around uh, data companies like data blockchain data is like is getting overwhelming. And if we ever uh, manage to succeed and attract mainstream users, this amount of data will grow exponentially. So to know exactly uh, to get the signal out of this data, to get information about the economic activity of a network, this requires a lot of analysis and data companies have a strong potential there. So in, in this is one of the, my current, uh, my recent articles. Um, but as, as I mentioned, like I'm, I try uh, as an investor and as a researcher, I try to keep an open mind of the space and find the projects that will make sense in the future. Mm. Yeah, uh, I posted that article uh, in the show notes along with the article on Mimblewimble. Um, so what... Let's get into that a little bit more, and then we'll we'll go back to the uh, the privacy coin stuff. Uh, sure. So, so I certainly think that's related, though, right? So you're basically oh. talking about these um, chain analysis companies, is that correct? And and uh, kind of what the value will be there and their ability to um, extract data from from the the blockchains. Exactly. Um, like uh, I would classify I would uh, classify the data companies into space into two buckets. The first bucket is a bucket of chain analysis and similar companies like Elliptic and Crystal of Periphery and uh, this kind of companies, which are actually working to like remove privacy from blockchain. Like uh, like this kind of companies are trying to uh, implement KYC or like to allow exchanges to know exactly uh, who is dealing with exchange, uh, whom they are transferring money to, is this money used for legal activities or illegal activities? 
So this is a big sector, and uh, chain analysis is one of the lead, leading players in this space. Um, the other sector which is more useful or interesting to me is like the analysis of the blockchain data itself to extract some economic signal. Like uh, if we want to know how much activity is being performed on the Bitcoin network or the any Ethereum network or any kind of network, this actually this data is actually on the blockchain. So you can actually download the blockchain, perform data analytics, and extract this kind of signals. Yeah, I thought uh, even recently. Um, are you familiar with Willie Wu? He's uh, he's often on the Tone Vase show, and he he was using one of his uh, approaches to kind of analyze the movement of coins to determine if if the bear market was in fact over. Um, yeah, how, how does that then translate into uh, the world of something like Monero, where none of this analysis exists? Are there uh, it- it's Are a there... completely different philosophy now. Like Monero adopts, like this is a philosophy that you need uh, blockchains to be public and like everyone can see any, everything. And from there you can deduct some signals. But Monero has a different philosophy, which is actually a good philosophy. It's like, it's prioritizing privacy. Like I should be able as a human to transact and send money without being tracked. I can send it to family. I can send it to... Uh, whatever cause I want without being tracked. Of course, as every philosophy, it has um, good sides and bad sides. But in general, I believe that privacy is a right to every person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we certainly talk about that on the show all the time. And I look at it in, in two ways, uh, you know, privacy, like you're talking about, and then just fungibility. And ultimately, I look at it as digital cash and that mm-hmm. the the one that that will win or one of the ones that will be here are the is the one that will perform uh most closely to pure digital cash um i mean i ultimately see this these things as a way to to transfer data right um mm-hmm. to transfer um basically data uh based on on value right so a value transfer system and one where every every digit equals every other digit and it's purely fungible i see as being kind of the purest form of that um so obviously in bitcoin with other and these other coins you have it's it's not that way these things are transparent and now you have this whole ecosystem building around it these chain analysis companies so in monero i mean are we still going to see other types of analysis companies. I mean, what are they analyzing at that point? I mean, I know there's there's going to be there'll always be some kind of metadata. Um, that that's kind of what I'm getting at. So where where are we going to be with Monero and you know these these data analysis companies? Are they just going to put their hands up and give up? And Monero is going to kind of be its own thing where there won't be any analysis, or is that going to be part of what what they do? Um. That's a good question, actually. Uh, I, I think for Monero and the other privacy coins, there is some kind of analysis you can perform. Uh, and this, in specific, is a kind of analysis that you can perform on the price, like uh, price movement and like the volume of exchange of the Monero token. Uh, also, uh, because Monero at some like needs to be traded on public exchanges, this actually takes off of the, its a privacy because once you deposit your Monero into an exchange, which has performed, of course, KYC and knows your identity, they tie this number of coins to you. <laughs> and they know, and they can know, like, let's say this exchange has a million users. They know 
how much if each one of these million user holds of Monero. Uh, they cannot know how you spend your money once you withdraw your money out of the exchange, but there is some kind of analysis. I know this person now had this much coins and so on. So it's um, it's there and this kind of analysis can be always performed. And I will not be surprised if chain analysis is getting this data and building some models around it. Uh, so it's a kind of a competition. Who wins this kind of competition? Uh, of course, nothing will be 100% private as long as you want to go to a public exchange and use this kind of currencies. Hmm. Okay, so that's a, that's an interesting way of looking at. It. So obviously, the, these companies are still going to be uh, trying to analyze Monero, uh, even if it just means kind of the on ramps and the off ramps, uh, because people need to get their Monero from somewhere. Um, yep. That's interesting. So what? So then, what do you? What is your take on? So I know you you said you know you believe in the the obviously the, uh, these concepts of privacy and kind of uh, giving people uh, the liberty to do to, you know to do what they want with their money. Um, but on a technical level, do you do you think that uh, you know the the coin or the technology that wins is going to be something that is most closely resembles digital cash. Do you look at it that way as well? Or you're not, that's not a, a major concern of yours. Um, actually, like if we look back to money, money is actually a social like consensus, like what we agree to together as money, that's how we deal. So whether it's like, it has to be hundred percent fungible or not, that's up to this community to decide. Uh, so like, and the, be always a dilemma here. If you have 100% privacy, you may feel conflicted if you know this money came out of a drug dealer or someone who is doing child porn. Like your ethics can prevent you from assuming that this money is equivalent to each other money. But at the same time, privacy is valuable. You want to be able to send money on a charity without no one knowing that you spend this exact, exact amount on a charity. So there will be always a dilemma. I don't expect like either side of this debate to win completely, but I expect this debate to keep on going uh, with more people recognizing the value of privacy over time. Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, with cash, um, you you obviously have been, you know, uh, I'm sure you've dealt with cash in your life. Yeah. Uh, you you don't stop and think, huh? I wonder, I wonder if this, you know, came from a drug, you know, a drug dealer five transactions ago, or if somebody used this for a ransom, or if this was stolen from, you know, you, you just you accept the cash, right? Definitely, but like, if I'm the first person to take the money like after it has been used for illegal activities, I will be conflicted. And let's say that- um, no, How would you know, right? So if, if it's if it's perfectly fungible, why would you assume that it's being used for illegal activity? Wouldn't you just or say, all right, it's money's money. Yeah. Um, I don't know, how, I don't know how it previously was used, but you know- That's a really good point and a good, a good point to debate. Yes, like you don't know the source of the money, so money is money, like every, every dollar equals a single dollar. That's a good, very good point. Uh, but like some of us, like many people, not just me, like have like, will be conflicted if they somehow or magically know that this money was used for illegal activity. Like I wouldn't be happy to get a hundred dollars from, if I know that this hundred dollars was used as a payment for like prostitution or something like that. 
So it, it's like, again, it's an ethical debate and right. I don't think it will ever end. Right. Well, but that that would be more of a problem with non like with something like Bitcoin, because you could be it could be said that, hey, this money was used for this. But yes. as with Monero, that wouldn't be a problem because you would never know what it was used for. Right. Yeah. Sometimes not knowing thing, not knowing some information is a, is a relief. I don't right. know how money was used. So like, yes. Right. So. <laughs> So these these chain analysis companies. So where do you? So like you said, you see it being used for a few things. Obviously, um, these companies are being hired by governments to to go in and, and essentially do KYC or use the KYC AML information to then you know uh, track things through the blockchain, um, and then also being used just to kind of analyze the blockchain to kind of guess where things are going. Uh, in terms of the price of Bitcoin, I'm sure in the future it'll be used for other things like making larger predictions. Um, so, what, what do you see as being kind of the, the leaders in that space? Is there anything else to say about that? That article you wrote? Uh, any other big thoughts that came out of that? Yeah, of course. Uh, like as a privacy coin, uh, I think Monero by far is one of the most popular privacy coins. Uh, that's a social consensus. The, 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 the Monero community is a huge community. Uh, from a technical standpoint, I see Zcash shielded transaction, not Zcash in general, because Zcash has these two types of transaction. Uh, I feel that Zcash, or from a technical perspective, I feel that the Zcash shielded transaction may have uh, a little bit more better privacy guarantees. Uh, but uh, I see like Grain and Bimble Wimble in general as a distant third, not just following Monero and Zcash. Monero and Zcash are the top tier. Grain, I would say, is a, a little bit lower tier. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, because I, I was asking you continue to ask you about the uh, the the blockchain analysis, but no, this is good. Let's talk about the privacy coins. So so you see kind of Mimble Wimble as at being at the bottom of the list. Um, in compared to Monero and Zcash, in terms of how how well it protects people's privacy, uh, yeah, that's like my 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 main take of the article that uh, uh, the article uh, because it's it's not something bad about the the coin, but it's the technical design. The technical design itself uh, for Zcash and Monero offer, in my opinion, better gra privacy guarantees. Mm -hmm. um, and then so. I, do you have, what are your other opinions on I guess Zcash? Um, so yeah, it, it, the theoretically the privacy is great if you're opting into the privacy feature, but mm -hmm. about the fact that you have to opt in versus it being default? Yes. So uh, this is uh, interesting, and it will come back to the uh, uh, like philosophical debate whether what is money and what is fungibility and is, is fungibility like a must for anything to be considered money? Um, Zcash has this philosophical view that you have you have the optionality, like you can transact in a transparent way, you have you can transact in a private way, but you as a user have the a functionality. Monero on the other side has okay, but if everyone in the space like has this optionality, like you actually compromise the privacy of people who want to be private. So. To avoid that, let's make everything a private, which is a great or like 
a logical uh, design decision. Like you say, to protect the privacy of the people who want privacy, let's make everything private. Because if some of if some of us is using transparent transactions, this will expose the privacy of the others. So this is a philosophical debate, and uh, both are both sides have a good argument. So <laughs> it's about the community. If the community favors like privacy, then they should use Monero. If the priv if the if the users prefer the optionality, they can use Zcash or any of its forks. Mm -hmm. So, from the perspective of somebody who's you know, because you you obviously kind of evaluate these, you evaluate them from the perspective of an investor as well, correct? Of course. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, so how would you kind of take that into account? Because I, I agree, I think that's kind of where the big difference. Obviously, the technologies are different between Monero, uh, Zcash. Uh, these Mimble Wimble coins, but I think what what really differentiates them, uh, especially between Monero and Zcash, is this culture um, and the philosophy behind them. Uh, in Monero, it's very clear that the goal is digital cash, um, mm -hmm. and that you know they, whether they're here today, that's where they strive to be. They want to be completely fungible, completely private. One Monero equals one Monero. It's privacy by default. Uh, whereas in Zcash, it's, um, you know, for now at least opt in and the worry it, it doesn't, they don't seem to be as concerned about the fungibility aspect. It's more like if you want the feature of privacy, you could have that too. Uh, and the technology is going to be really good at doing that. Um, so how do you factor that into your analysis? Somebody who's evaluating these things, where does that play come into play? I mean, um, do you think that's, an important feature, the fact that the, the community and an ethos uh, of the community is to, to be digital cash versus these other ones that are, you know, trying to maybe do it, but it's not their priority. How is uh, that, how's that factoring into your evaluation? Um, it, 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 it factors a lot actually, uh, because as an investor, uh, I like to invest in the tokens that will be, everyone consensus that is money. If everyone like came to consensus that Bitcoin is money, okay, that's it's not my call. It's like the collective community call. If someone said, no, Ethereum is the money, then fine. Like it's not my own decision or I can push for my preference, but oh, and that, at the end of the day, it's, some, it's a decision that is made by everyone. It's a social consensus. So, uh, we have in Bitcoin, let's take Bitcoin as a trans completely transparent coin, and we have Monero, which is completely privacy, private coin, and we have other variants in the between, like uh, Zcash, Gren. So all of these have different levels of uh, privacy, uh, and I think all of them will coexist, but the, the coin that succeeds to attract the largest portion of the community will define money will be the money so i in our, my my thesis here that all of them are good candidates bitcoin zcash monero are, all of them are good candidates to be real money global uncensorable money but it's uh, it's down to the community to decide which one will win right so so then so then how are you so how are you then factoring that into how you value things? So, so you're then looking at the kind of the world and saying, well, what direction you think things will move in? You think the world is going to settle upon um, 
a, a chain that is transparent by default, and then you opt into the private option, as opposed to Monero, something like Monero, where it's private and fungible by default, and you can opt out of that, uh, you know, and you, by you know using your your view keys and things like that. So, do you think the the world yeah. would be more towards inheriting the Bitcoin option, where things are transparent by default? Is that or do you um, have an opinion? Is do you ultimately have an opinion there? Is that coming into your evaluation? Yeah, so far, like if we speak for May 2019, yes, that, that most of the wallet think Bitcoin will be uh, the global reserve money, like or the global digital money. Uh, whether Bitcoin community decides to incorporate some privacy features in the future or not, that's down to the community. Uh, but as of now, like if we are in a race to who wins the store of value thesis or the store of value money, Bitcoin, of course, is the leader, followed by many other candidates. Ethereum is one, because, but Ethereum is a different philosophy. Zcash and Monero, of course, definitely are in the race, and they are like in the top five, I would say. Uh, but we don't know. Like this, this, uh, the, the funny thing about the crypto space, it's changing so quickly. The a leading project now can be non-existent in five years from now. So, and this is because we are still experimentation in this experimentation phase. Any project of this project that may, may have a critical bug that can cause sudden inflation to everything, this, this kind of bugs have been found in every token. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Zcash, Monero, everyone. So if some of these bugs were found and uh, exploited in a bad way, this can actually affect the project a lot to in, 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 in the race to win this category of money mm-hmm. um so where do you see do you you know let's 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 talk dollars and cents here i don't normally mm-hmm. talk about this on the show but i i know you evaluate these things from the standpoint of, of an investor mm-hmm. um and there's there's certainly nothing wrong with that i mean i i, sure. I personally think that's what obviously is driving adoption and is what was built what bootstraps the adoption of all these things. Is important, yeah. yeah. Especially in the early phase, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I think it started out, out of crypto anarchist ideals, and I, I certainly still have those and uh, believe ultimately that's what will win the day, the pure, the purest one. Uh, but the fact is most people are driven by what they think this coin this coin or another coin will be worth in the future. So um, what is your current take, I guess, on the market itself? Let's talk about like maybe Bitcoin, Zcash, uh, where they are, uh, where they're going in terms of the percentage of, of, of you know, I guess, or, or where they are in coin market cap and where they will be uh, and what their value will be. Uh, the bear market, is it over? But what, 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 is your, what is your take in terms of dollars and cents? Crypto market uh, versus the U.S. dollar. Uh, actually, like um, currently, I feel that the market is in a good uh, position, a healthy position, I would say. A healthy position in the sense that many of the scammy projects have been like de- devastated by the bear market, and they have nowhere to stand now. So, like they went to where they deserve, and now the projects that are standing are most of are the, the high quality projects with few exceptions. Uh, but like projects that withstand this kind of drop in price, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Zcash, Monero, all these coins have shown like they have real communities. 
So as an investor, I would be comfortable allocating money now because uh, especially in the good project, uh, the, the four that I mentioned all the time, like, uh, so, um, but are we done with the, like, are, are we expecting a bull market in like couple weeks, couple months? No. Um, I think the next bull market will happen gradually with increased adoption. Like people have been burned a lot by the speculation in 2017 that now many people have learned the lesson. Don't FOMO, don't like just buy it, don't buy the top. So the next bull market will happen definitely, but it will happen with increased adoption, increased fundamentals. All the major, all the major products have included significant advancements. Let's like, if we start with Monero, Polyproof is amazing, literally amazing. Like to reduce the transaction size from by 10X, that's great. To reduce the transaction fees a lot, that helps the adoption because now if I have $1 in Monero, I can send it before I couldn't. So it's like, it's interesting. All projects are uh, trying to implement newer, newer concepts, newer technology. Bitcoin has a Lightning Network. Ethereum has their plans to Ethereum 1.x and Ethereum 2.0. Uh, they have also many, many uh, layer two solutions. Zcash also improved uh, a lot by including the sapling um, upgrade. So all the good projects are actually advancing and improving their fundamentals, which is from a researcher point of view. Now I am putting my like investor character aside. From my from a researcher point of view, I'm more comfortable now than any time before. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think that that certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, this morning I I actually I had I had a, a little Bitcoin sitting in a wallet, and I you know want to to transfer it to into Monero. Um, and I've been wait. I've been waiting since eight a.m., which over here we're almost going on twelve hours, and the transaction still hasn't gone through. So wow. <laughs> we still have a we still have a long way way to go. Uh, obviously, I guess the idea is things will be running on the Lightning Network, and there's a lot there's a lot to be said there, whether or not that's you know uh, um, a good thing, a bad thing, or the way things will be. Uh, but yeah, I I mean, the fact is, you know, uh, I mean. Bitcoin, the whole ecosystem has a long way to go. Um, and yeah, that was just kind of an eye opener for me. I was like, wow, it's still, we're still at these, you know, we're not, we're not, at, we're not at the woods yet. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's and actually like, I would encourage anyone who wants to enter the crypto community or invest in the crypto community to always keep in mind that we're still very, very early. We're still in the experimentation phase. Don't get all your wealth into Bitcoin or Monero or whatever. Don't like, like be reasonable, like, like, like we're still experimenting. Yes, the potential is huge. So, but again, the risk is huge as well. Like a single bug, a single developer writing some lines of codes while he's sleepy, like can make a lot of damage. So like, let's be cautious and let's be reasonable. That's, mm -hmm. that's my philosophy at least. I gotta say though, when I, when I do move, uh, some of the Bitcoin into Monero, I'm, I'm, um, I, I always get that that good feeling of going from this transparent uh, <laughs> coin I, into, into the real deal. So whenever I get a little Bitcoin, I, I quickly move it into into Monero. 
today it's happening to take take a while, but but it's it's kind of, it's kind of the feeling I used to get when I would buy uh you know buy Bitcoin with dollars. That's like oh wow I really I really own my money. I have my money. It's uh it's you know you own your private keys. It's it's yours. You know right? You know what I'm saying? Like there was that kind of that uh that feeling. I, I, um, I totally hear you, and I, I I really will appreciate this kind of philosophy. Uh, I may not be like 100% with this philosophy, but it's it's like, I would say it's a layer of, of like self-sovereignty. Like you have yeah. first first layer of owning your private keys. That's your money. No one in the, in the world can move your money. Then you say, okay, I want this money to be even private. No one can know what the hell I'm doing with that money. So like, okay, now let's move to one of the privacy coins. And I definitely hope um, many people come to this kind of vision it, because it will improve, like, I think it will improve everyone's life. But it's like this requires a lot of work. It requires your work as a as an investor and, like, uh, one, like, a broadcaster, like, to show the community what is the adventure of Monero. It requires me as a researcher to write articles and educate the community what is the value, how to evaluate this project versus this project and how to understand the conflict or the compromise. Oh, can yeah. you hear me? Yeah. You're breaking up. I don't know if it's, if it's my uh, internet or yours, you were breaking up for a minute. Okay. Uh, I, think I think we're good though. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Continue. Perfect. So are we good now. Yeah. Okay. Continue where you are. You got cut off a little bit. If you, if you could backtrack for about 10 seconds. Yeah. So what I was saying that, it's like it's a, a big duty that all of us has to contribute to. Everyone has to do whatever it takes or whatever he is able to do to educate the mainstream adoption, like the mainstream users. Uh, having for the first step, we, we can jump immediately to the Monero privacy level. But I personally, I would prefer to take it in steps. First, own your money, have your own private key, and then. When you are feel when you are comfortable with owning your money and you know the risks of owning your money because if you lost your private key it's done. When you are comfortable with this level of confidence, then you can move to the second level, which is let's move to having completely private transactions. Like you know the risks, you know that the money that you are receiving can be whatever, like it's fungible, so there is no limitation of the source of the money. Uh, so. That's multiple level, and I think it's happening, but it will take time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, because it, it's it's abstract. Uh, I mean, when I first got into to Bitcoin, and you know, there there were talks even then how you know how Bitcoin is is uh, not fungible, how uh, things can be blacklisted, um, but it didn't really it didn't really strike me that deeply. I didn't really care. I was like, all right, wow, so. So people can blacklist a coin, big deal. And then I, I forget what what exactly the turning point was, but it's something. Yeah, I was like, well, that that is that's a tremendous tremendous deal. Every transaction I make will forever be, uh, you know, burnt into a transaction uh, transparent, uh, uh, you know, layer that uh, that can be seen for forever uh, and followed forever. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's like first, first understand Bitcoin, understand 
uh, the concept of owning your private keys. And then once you start moving this stuff around, uh, then you realize, wait a minute, every time I send a transaction or somebody, you know, I, I, I give somebody my public key for them to send me money, they now now have access to view uh, all transactions I've ever made and they know how much money I have. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's, it's not something, it's not something you, you, you know, until you start using it. And then it's like, oh, wait, how do, how do I avoid that? Oh, well, I can maybe I could use Wasabi or I could use these other things. or And then eventually it's like, well, why not just opt yeah, over yeah. To one where it's it's never an issue? Um, so I, yeah, I do think... It has to be this way. Like, it no. cannot be the other way around. Like, Right. It's just the natural trajectory. And I again, um, just to clarify, like, I think this move is happening. Many people now uh, value privacy more than ever because of the what we see in the real world. We see Facebook hacks, we see uh, credit bureaus hacks, and every all this information is available on the dark web for whoever pays for it. So, like, people are starting to understand the impact of privacy and privacy laws, and eventually they will come to, okay, we need a, a more private form of money, and then. When you start using that, oh, now I want more privacy. So let's move to even privacy coin. So it's a gradual, uh, humans doesn't change suddenly. Humans need like progression and like graduation. So, uh, but it's definitely happening. Mm -hmm. I do. I mean, I obviously call them privacy, privacy coins. You're calling, you know, because we, we need these terms of art to discuss things. But mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't think they should even be labeled as privacy coins. I think they should be labeled as, you know, I think that the label should be digital cash uh, is the way I look at it. And then seeing which ones fall within that category. Um, but that's, that's a good argument, but like privacy coin on its own is like, is a positive term. That is a coin that maintain your privacy. So like, I, I I see nothing wrong with that. It's actually what you are aiming for, or what we are aiming for. Mm -hmm. All right. So yeah, do you want to talk about? So I think I think we pretty much covered uh, the the two articles pretty well. But it, should we go into Mimble Wimble a little bit more? Is there anything else to talk about? Because that that's kind of unique. We don't talk about it much on this show. Do you follow it? Have you been following Grin yeah. and Beam? Yeah, of course. Uh, I would prefer to speak about Gren. I have been following Gren more than uh, uh, a Beam, but I will start by discussing the Mimble Wimble protocol itself. Uh, Mimble Wimble is actually was when it first proposed. It was a proposed as an improvement to privacy in Bitcoin. So some anonymous uh, developer came up with the idea. Okay, we can actually do a very simple trick to completely hide the amount transacted. So we may know that X sent money to Y, but we don't know how much money X sent to Y. And this is by implementing what they call interactive transaction. So instead of me publishing a transaction on the blockchain saying, I want to send Douglas five Bitcoins. No, I will reach to Douglas and say, I will send you some money and you say, okay, I will receive the money and then we, collectively sign a transaction that I sent you some money. But no one else outside of both of us know what happened or what amount of coin is there. So this was the idea of Mimble Wimble. And it's, it's actually as simple as that. The technicalities of how to cryptographically do that is a bit more detailed, but this is a high level idea and it's enough to understand how Mimble, how Mimble Wimble works. Um, so, 
any coins that is implemented in Mimblewimble like will require this kind of interaction to happen. Uh, and this interaction on itself can actually take out some privacy because now if I need to send money to you, I have to either send you a file which you process and send it back to me. So I have to know one of your email, your social contact or whatever medium I need to, to send you a file, or you can give me an IP address that I can use to send you the transaction and automatically your node will sign the transaction and send it back to me. So this interactivity is interesting, I would say. It gives you more confidence because you are not saying sending money into the void, but I have to know you. I have to decide that I want to interact with you and you in specific. So this actually takes part of the privacy that Mimblewimble achieves. On the other hand, like let's say that after we did the transaction, the transaction that we both signed now is on the blockchain. Still, I can see the input and the output of the transaction. I can know that Muhammad has transacted with Douglas and then Douglas transacted with Charlie. So somehow we can write or draw this transaction graph. Uh, this kind of details is what actually what the chain analysis and the other uh, data analytics companies does. They follow the transaction graph. They know that the money that was sent from Coinbase were, were sent to Binance and someone did this transaction. And if they know the person name, they know Muhammad has sent money from Coinbase to uh, Binance. So this is how Mimblewimble works. And this is like technically very different from Bitcoin, uh, from Monero and Zcash. Um, Monero like uses uh, some interesting techniques. Of course, you know them, all of them, and you have great developers coming to your show to discuss these techniques. But on the high level, like we use rings, Monero uses ring signatures to hide who, who sends the money. The protocol pulls some other signatures from a blockchain to hide who signed the transaction. And then we use, like we use confidential transaction to hide the money, the amount of transaction, and still addresses are used to hide who's, who received the money. So these are three different technologies, but collectively, they make Monero's transaction collectively. That's one way to do it. The third way is the Zcash one, which is, okay, write your transaction, you have an address and everything, but before the transaction leaves your node, we'll encrypt everything. Like it will be a black box. We just put some random data on the blockchain, but the blockchain understands this random data and can know that why X sent Y some money, but I don't know X, I don't know Y, I don't know how much money. So actually these are three different technologies um, and it's hard to compare them actually, like or hard to say, okay, this is better than this. So it's mainly subjective. In my opinion, I see Zcash and Monero number one and two, and then Mimble Wimble coins are number three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, for Mimblewimble, I mean that this this concept that uh, both the sender and the receiver have to kind of be live and on the network at the same time. Um, it's kind of hard to to picture how how that's going to work. I mean, that's kind of similar to Lightning Lightning Network too, right? I mean, isn't that one of uh, one of the uh... like I would speak about, again about Green. Uh, Green has two moods. Uh, like mm -hmm. if you on the network, that's fine. I will send you a file. 
when you are offline, I would send to your email a file that you have to sign and send mm -hmm. back to me. So it's not necessary that we have to be online at the same transaction at the same moment of time, but there, there must be some interaction going on between I will send you a file. Right, to establish the connection. Okay. As the other way, which requires an, the IP address, that's you have to be online to receive mm -hmm. a transaction. Uh, mm -hmm. So this one requires this, both parties to be online. Um, Lightning started starts with that, like Lightning Network in the beginning, they, yes, both parties have to be online, uh, but eventually these uh, restrictions are being released. By being released because like, yes, like as a network, we can guarantee that this node has trans has received some money, but um, it's, it's still working. Like Lightning is even more experimental than Bitcoin. So, uh, and I, I think it if, if it succeeded, it will be adopted by many other coins that use the same Bitcoin code base. May, who knows, maybe Monero in 10 years will, will use something that is built on Lightning Network, but also maintains a privacy. Uh, technology, the technology of the, in the crypto space are am, is amazing. And it's like, it's a really a joy to just follow all this technical development and try to extrapolate. Okay, can Lightning be used in Monero? In principle, yes. Will it happen soon? Not soon, but it may happen. So mm -hmm. there is a lot of optionality here. Have you, have you sent any uh, Grin transactions? Yeah, of course. Like um, I am the kind, I'm a researcher at the end of the day. And if I haven't tried doing stuff myself, I cannot judge for it. Like mm -hmm. it would be like uh, as if like sitting in uh, an ivory tower. So uh, <laughs> it's the, the current, the current version of Grin is of course less user friendly because you have to have a node or uh, have a specific wallet that can actually interact with the network. So it, it resembles like the old days of Bitcoin and old days of Monero, but they still have some work to do here. And so, I mean, there, there kind of was that, uh, every, you know, excitement building up to its launch. Um, so I guess that's kind of settled down a bit since. Uh, cool. So, yeah, what is the, where do you see, where do you see Gringo? I mean, it's, it's not a project that's going away. It's something that people are, are actively working on that's going to. It's, it, you think uh, it's you think it's here to stay, Grin? Um, like like it's 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 hard to say, but like uh, I don't think I don't see any projects going away. Uh, like why? Because if a single node all over the world is running Grin, it's not going away. It's not going away. But uh, honestly, I can see uh, Grin has like a, a good community. They have people who have um, believe in the vision. The, because of multiple factors, not just privacy, there is a lot of factors that that were like fair launch, like Monero, uh, the ability of deciding like a long term um, monetary policy, like we will issue 60 grand per minute all over the history. That's stuff that uh, many people are excited about. It's That's sc why scalability, I would say, is the biggest, right, for Grin? Yeah, scalability is of course like because like now when you cut, you can apply some techniques that I discussed in the article, like cut through, where you can actually reduce the size of the blockchain, and eventually we can find some ways to reduce the blockchain size to the level that you can run a full node on your mobile handset. 
So that's like interesting. And actually, this is a goal. If we can eventually run Bitcoin or Monero or whatever protocol in every phone node, this actually is the highest level of like controlling your money because your node connects in a peer-to-peer fashion with all the other nodes all over the world. And you are sure that your transactions are correct and valid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's let's go back go back to uh, to price again for a minute. Sure. So you know, obviously, we don't. You know, I don't know what Bitcoin is going to be worth the million dollars, a hundred thousand. Who knows? Uh, but maybe if talk about it in terms of uh, what other coins may be worth against Bitcoin. That that's kind of maybe a, a good way to talk about it because then you don't really have to to value. But like, so where do you see? Uh, so let's assuming you know Bitcoin is here to stay. Um, what what do you see as being the value of something like a Monero or Zcash um, or Grin uh, versus Bitcoin in the future? What 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 percentage of of like Bitcoin's uh, market cap will it will it have? Um, that's an interesting question, uh, the, and the simplest way to measure something like that is by like just applying some first principles. Uh, and let's start actually instead of Bitcoin, let's start with a dollar. Like dollar is a global money now. That's a fact that we don't need to dispute. But how much money we need in 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 the economic global global economic activity? Let's say that's X, and this X is used by six billion people, right? What if we can get 1 billion people out of this 6 million or 7 million, 7 billion people to use Bitcoin? So then we can simply evaluate Bitcoin relative to the amount of global activity. If one, one seventh of the global economic activity happens in Bitcoin, then Bitcoin will worth X. Then let's then go from Bitcoin to Monero. Like how many, what is the percentage of people who actually prefer to use Monero over Bitcoin. If let's say that 20%, 20% say of 20% of the Bitcoin community like sees that Monero is much, much useful than uh, Bitcoin, then the total market cap of Monero will be the 20% of that total market cap of Bitcoin. And this is a very, very high level and simple way to set value to stuff. But I think it's logical or intuitive at least. So have you kind of run that analysis? Have you kind of, you know, uh, come up with uh, estimates? Uh, of course, but like, this is like uh, confidential <laughs> research. <laughs> come on, what, what is it? Give, give, give us numbers. <laughs> uh, like, Well, is it fair to say it's, it's more than what Monero is worth versus Bitcoin today? Or has, has you know, I mean, what do, what do we even have percentage-wise? I don't even know. It's like 0.0... Uh, 12 right now right again this kind of this kind of analysis is not that rigid it will not give you the exact number to the digits but because again who uses monero compared to bitcoin people who believe in higher level of privacy but Mm -hmm. is Monero the only option no there is multiple options then you have to factor in who are the current players in the privacy market coin who are the new players that are coming to the space and now this model gets more complicated. So, and it, it has variables that you don't control. You cannot control, you, can, you cannot prevent a project to come into the space saying, I'm a private, I'm a privacy coin, right? So, but yes, uh, I see that there is uh, a potential upside for Monero 
or privacy coin in general uh, relative to Bitcoin. But it's it's like contingent or like depends on Bitcoin success to attract more mainstream users. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you take from the pool of Bitcoin users, right? And Bitcoin is trying to get users from the mainstream. If we failed in the first part, there is no second part. You have to get mainstream users first and then you convert them into Bitcoin, and then you you will find, oh, Ethereum is better than Bitcoin. Zcash is better than Bitcoin. Like, it's stuff like that. Um, and I, I don't claim to see the future or know the future, but it's all probabilistic stuff. We set probabilities to everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I normally don't even ask uh, these questions, but I know you, you do evaluate these things. So I thought it'd be interesting. I personally, as I'm sure you can imagine, I, I take kind of a different uh, take on it. Uh, I mean, real my real simple analysis is just which one is performing like digital cash. I, I see the invention of Bitcoin, uh, Satoshi's white paper, the whole deal. I feel like it was the the invention is uh, censorship resistant uh, value transfer system. So the the protocol that does that the the best uh, will win, um, and maybe the one that does that in a little bit different way will be like number two uh, is kind of the way I, I look at things. So as crazy as it sounds, I, I see, I see Monero as a competitor against Bitcoin itself. Uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about it that way, even in the Monero community. Exactly. Uh, but, the, but the fact is yeah, I, I, I see fungibility as uh, completely crucial to what this stuff needs to be. Otherwise, you may as well be using PayPal or Venmo or something, and it doesn't really serve serve a purpose. We don't need, uh, you know, millions of computers around the world crunching numbers uh, if we're just sending stuff that can be censored or that's not private. Uh, there's no point to it. So, I mean, that that's the way I look at it. Uh, and then, like, logical way and very like. Like it has a it has it has a good merit. So like I wouldn't argue against that, but it's again so up to me. So up yeah. to you because it's up to the community who comes to consensus. As a community, we prefer that. Yeah, no, I, I like you've you kind of opened my mind a little bit too in terms of thinking it in terms of uh what what ultimately will be accepted and what people will want, whether or not that is the most ideal form of money may not be the case. Uh, it's what we where we settle upon. Uh, yeah, so that, that's exactly. an interesting way of looking at it. Um, but I do I do think the ideal ideal just because it uh, why not right? I mean it's uh, uh, technology uh, seems to always move in that direction. Uh, the 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 best form usually wins, especially with with uh, you know with 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 things like protocols. Well, I mean, I guess you could say it's not always the best form, but the... Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good debate. Uh, yeah. Every one of us has uh, has to push for uh, what we see the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, like the, what I like most about this space. And uh, sometimes it hurts me to see the opposite happening that we are an open community. We are debating ideas in an open form. Like you have your idea, I have my idea, but we try to negotiate it and like, like come to understand each other's viewpoint. Uh, it hurts me when someone like adopts like, okay, Bitcoin is a thing and everything else is a scam. No, no way. Monero is not a scam. Ethereum is not a scam. 
like maximalism will not solve anything like you have to understand the viewpoint maybe you can maybe bitcoin can borrow ideas from monero or from ethereum or from whatever and we shouldn't be fighting while we still have a bigger uphill battle which is like getting mainstream adoption mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i mean uh people that that are kind of stuck in their ways and aren't open to uh new ideas i mean i, I just i just don't see how they, they could possibly be that way considering this stuff didn't even exist 10 years ago and <laughs> and, and, and anybody that had that thinking then are the people that didn't get into bitcoin i mean you had to have the open mind to to realize that things can change uh and that this stuff is uh just a science experiment and we're still trying to figure out which one or which ones will will be here in the future um yeah this has been a great talk mohammed i it's we already kind of hit an hour i'll let you go yeah thank um, you so much like i enjoyed our discussion it was one of the interesting discussions that i had in a while so thanks for having me yeah, maybe we could uh, chat again in the future. Where are you located, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, currently, I'm in San Francisco, but uh, my base is actually in Chicago. So, but uh, working with Token Daily, we we kind of move a lot. So, I we we hit New York at least once a month. San Francisco between one and two times a month. Okay. So, like we move a lot. Let me let me know when you're in New York. Are you coming to uh, uh, Consensus or the Magical Crypto Conference? Yeah, I will be in New York between the 14th and the 16th. I will try to expand this window a little bit to be able to meet with uh, many people that I'd like to meet. So, but uh, like what is confirmed now is between the 14th and the 16th. Okay. Yeah, we have uh, Magical Crypto Conference is the 11th and the 12th. Okay. And then Consensus is, yeah, that week. Um, yeah, I will, I will try to hit New York early, like... Uh, to see if I, uh, wh whom we can meet. I like to like uh, get to know more people in the space even better because so far I have been like focused on research, communicating through articles, but like having personal discussions is even better. Yeah, we're having uh, the Monero, we have a Monero party. We had one last year, the New York meetup, Monero meetup throws a Monero party. Um, mm -hmm. So that's going to be on the thirteenth this year. If yeah, if you're if you're around, that'd be great. It's a, it's it's okay. A good I will let you know definitely if I have uh, a there. I will let you know. Yeah, fluffy pony and 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 friends will be there. Um, uh, like, if you can send me the details and uh, like I will try to make it. Like I'd like to like I have some friends who are like hardcore Monero fans, and they don't accept anything but Monero, but they are. I like their ideas and they are very, very good people. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually a pretty cool party. We, we it's like an underground cocktail party. So we we kind of try to maintain the Monero vibe. We keep it <laughs> we keep it like, private, oh, wow. private and secret. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's very cool. Uh I'll send yeah. I'll send you the info. Okay, thank you All so right. much. Yeah, hope to meet you, man. Have a good one. Okay. Yeah, you too. Bye. So long.